I'm so excited for today's episode with my friend Jane Daniel. If you are interested in learning more about the Key Talks method and how you can participate in our next session, use the link in the show notes to join our waitlist today. Hey everybody, it's Emily here with Healthy Discourse. And I'm super excited about today's episode because I get to interview and have a great conversation with my dear friend, Jane Daniel, and she is an integrative nutrition health coach, and she works at Robin Hood Hood Integrative Health with my dear husband. And so welcome to the show, Jane. Hey, everyone. I'm happy to be here. So Jane and I have a ton of fun together. We have the privilege of running Robin Hood's weight loss program, which is called Ketox together. And we've been doing that together for several years and have just gotten to be really great friends in the process. And we love teaching people how to listen to their bodies, how to make practical and lifelong changes. And we laugh a lot. We laugh a lot along the way as we share about our imperfections and try to lower the bar for other people who are trying to make lasting changes. Um, And so if Ketox is something you might be interested in learning more about, we're going to put a link to the waitlist in our show notes as well. So you can get on that list if you like. But today we are going to dive into a topic that is really important when it comes to changing your body, weight loss, um, really embracing a long-term healthy approach to body image and all kinds of things. And that is limiting beliefs and limiting beliefs means a lot of things. And we're going to dig into um, just a few of those today just to really get you thinking. And so as we get started, it would be great for you just to put on your thinking hat and to be willing to be vulnerable as we discuss this stuff, because we're going to tell some personal stories too. And just to consider how it might be related to you and your journey, um, just to kind of open your mind to be like, is this what I do? Ask yourselves those questions as we go along. And um, so, yeah, we're just going to have a conversation and let's just jump right in. Like, let's talk about first, what does limiting beliefs mean? What what would you say limiting beliefs mean when it comes to a long-term health journey? Well, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind for me is I I see clients every day and and it's easy for me to see these clients say things um, that have happened in their past. One incident at a certain formative age and stage in their life that has made them think the way they are today. And I can easily see it in other people, but it's harder for me to see um, in myself. And so it's been great to have this conversation with Emily in preparation for this, for me to think about some of the times in my life where um, someone said something and it has stuck with me. So, yeah. So one of the things that as Jane and I have dug deeper into this, which we love to do, we love to go eat big salads over lunch and just dive into why people do what they do. Because for us to be successful in helping people to change, including ourselves, we need to understand what's actually happening. And what people don't need is another program and another plan to follow a meal plan. Like nobody needs that. And so our goal Mm -hmm. is to teach people different ways to embrace what does it actually mean to live healthy forever. And so, like I said, today we're just going to touch on this one thing, but those voices are create 
the first limiting belief. And that can be all kinds of different voices that you hear when you start thinking about your ability to change your health journey. And so it could be something that somebody said to you about you. It could be something that you heard someone say to somebody else, especially if you had a parent who struggled a lot with body image or your parents um, had disagreements that had to do with somebody losing weight or um, you had a sibling maybe that that there was kind of this um, different type of rivalry and that maybe one piece of that had to do with somebody's weight or looks or whatever that might be. It doesn't necessarily have to be rooted in weight. Um, it could be the voice of a bully that you heard maybe again, not even say something to you, but that we can project and then um, internalize ourselves because we begin to believe it for ourselves. Um, it can be the things that we see in the media. So we're just going to dive a little bit more into some of those. Um, do you want to share any personal experiences, Jane? If not, it's okay. Sure. So um, I, well, gosh, there's so many um, <laughs> that come to mind. You know, I would say a lot of us have probably experienced a couple things. Um, our moms have issues with weight and hear the negative self-talk they say about themselves. Um, I would say for me, I didn't really see that as much in my mom, but um, I do remember when she would go on a diet and she would feel bad if she had something at McDonald's and things like that. But I would say for me, one of the, the really things that kind of hit me was when I came home from college and after gaining the 15 pounds that I gained on my five foot two frame. So for most people, that's about 30 pounds. And my dad being shocked and making a comment on it. And then I came back after my sophomore year and I was thinner and he made a comment about that. So I just, you know, it was, um, it was really, it really hit me coming from my dad, him talking about my weight. Mm -hmm. So I would say that that was a big part for me. Sure. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, um, I struggled with disordered eating during a lot of my late teens into early 20s, um, during late high school and into really most of college and different, and it kind of looked different ways. Um, but yeah, there was a lot of turmoil in my home growing up about weight, body image, um, weight loss. And, you know, and it was never, it was never about me. You know, my mom did a good job of wanting me to feel really confident about myself, but she didn't share that same confidence. And then there was a lot of, there was tension in our home uh, when it came to weight. And there's things that I remember still. And, and those are things that we have to recognize when we begin to adopt them and they, and they, they keep us from attempting or believing that we can do it differently. Um, another, I mean, it might have been your high school boyfriend. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't experience that, but I know that is like a legit real thing that happens to people. Um, and 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 I think what we're seeing more now, and we talked about this a few minutes ago, is the images we see in magazines and social media. Mm -hmm. And we think that those are real and that those are normal people when really they're incredibly filtered. And there are 
<laughs> I was telling Jane earlier, I mean, you can, there are, there's no shortage of YouTube videos that show you how to pose for an Instagram picture so that you look, you know, firm, tight, and lifted, mm -hmm. <laughs> per se, and uh, to make sure you don't do it this way and that you do it this way for the perfect picture to make everything be, quote, optimized. And so we live in this world where all of these things we're scrolling day in and day out aren't even real. And I'm not sure about you guys, but I, if I'm going to post something on Instagram or Facebook, I, it's going to, it may go through a few pictures before I can actually post the one I want. So we're, we're obviously all hopefully at our best when we're posting a picture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I, I try to think about for me, um, now where I am, it's like, what do I want to have as a memory on my own Mm -hmm. stuff. Not that I looked perfectly put together, but what is it special about this moment that I want to capture and kind of refocusing on the experience and the celebration versus, oh, I need to, you know, I need to be made up and it needs to be this mm -hmm. angle and whatever. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, but there's nothing wrong with wanting to look your best, but I think we become obsessed over every last little thing. And then we, compare so much yes and that's kind of what this whole voice thing is is the whole comparison so mm -hmm. um I'm certain that many of you can identify with that part um and so there's all these voices right so that's part one and what do all these voices lead us to think you know they point us toward failure um or we can't do it or we're not enough or we're just not enough with what we are and we become so obsessive about either our inability or I can't ever stop doing X, Y, and Z because if I do, then I'm going to have these devastating results and it's going to destroy all my relationships and so mm -hmm. forth. So, And we really create our own ceilings. Um, it, it's completely self-inflicted on what we have the ability to do, um, in my opinion. So. I agree fully. So another, so the voices are one thing. Another thing that we tend to, that limits us significantly is where we hold our identity and what I mean is we have experienced the both of us together in in our work as well as I know individually where we become very uncomfortable with any change versus what we're used to even if that change is going to point us and, and help us to get on a road to better health and more energy and um, maybe even better relationships and that kind of thing. There's a great fear of stepping out of the identity we've created for ourselves because we, we we're very comfortable in where we sit in that, even though we're suffering while we sit there. So, um, the, the fear of the unknown mm -hmm. is debilitating for so many people, mm -hmm. and and I'm guilty of it as well. I mean, there's plenty of things that I'd rather just stick with what I'm used to instead of jumping out on a limb and, and doing something completely that I've no, never done before, like doing this podcast today, if you want to know the truth. <laughs> so I'm jumping out on a limb here, guys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> She's awesome. She doesn't give herself enough credit. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, there's... There are things we live in a specific identity for so long, and maybe it's that other people are better fulfilled with us being in this particular role. We feel like we have to keep being this person for the other person's benefit, so it feels like we're 
helping when really we're sort of becoming that martyr. Mm -hmm. Um, Or, for example, like, let's pretend that you're in a big family and you've always been the heaviest person and you begin to lose weight and all of your relationships start changing and these you know, siblings be maybe become a little bit jealous or even your spouse, you begin to get attention from other people and, um, you know, probably not in a threatening way, but still people notice, even if it's your girlfriends and it becomes mm-hmm. like this threatening thing to other people. And we get in this headspace where we so much want to avoid that, that we're willing to sit in this place where we're not, we're not making progress because it it threatens that comfort mm-hmm. of this identity where I feel that this is where I belong and mm-hmm. I can't make any changes, even good changes, because I need to stay in this place. To make it comfortable for mm-hmm. everyone else mm-hmm. that in your in your world. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 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 And then so there's kind of these voices. There's this identity that we create and then there's this interesting connection with the fear, the fear of failure and perfectionism. And we actually were talking about this right before we jumped on today, that a lot of women in particular, we call ourselves, we call ourselves perfectionists and we kind of brush it off like, I know I shouldn't be a perfectionist, but it's kind of okay, right? Like it's fine. It, it's, it's just something I can't help. But really what we're doing really in embracing this perfection and this all or nothing and this is the only way I can't ever um, not be perfect, what creates that is the fear of failure. Mm -hmm. And most perfectionists, I have tendencies, but I'm not really that type A perfectionist anymore. Um, It really is a fear of failure Mm because otherwise... We wouldn't be perfectionists. Mm-hmm. Dig into that for me a little bit. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I I I couldn't agree more. And I would say I'm a recovering type A addict. Mm-hmm. So I get um, and seeing clients, you know, you're either on the wagon and you're perf quote unquote perfect, or you're or you're you fall off the wagon, whatever that wagon is. Mm-hmm. And you just spiral down, mm-hmm. you know, you, you think, okay, that one bad day is just going to, I'm just going to say, forget it mm-hmm. and just, um, just eat the, the Oreos or the <laughs> right. almond butter, the almond <laughs> butter, <laughs> the jug of almond butter. Right. So, right. so it's, it's that on or off mentality that, that so many of us have. Yeah, um, it it is. I mean, and, and I think this is such a, a big Thing for women um, and even in the perception like we want to look like we've got it all together all the mm-hmm. time and the more that we allow ourselves to be human and lower that bar and we're going to talk about this in a few minutes but also communicate to others that that bar is mm-hmm. lowered and that we're not perfect and we're not even going to try to appear to be perfect that's a that's way different than just not caring and throwing our arms our hands in the air mm-hmm. because the the difference between perfectionism or the, you know, the, the all or the nothing is actually, that is what is creating failure versus, um, finding that, you know, a little bit of, it's a little bit of a roller coaster that we've got to be willing to ride on that Mm -hmm. we're having good days and bad days. And, but, but that we are, um, we are consistently doing something that is making progress little by little, even with the slip ups, 
or the choices, which they are choices that we are making in order, you know, that are not perfect. Mm -hmm. And not only being, not only accepting that, but actually encouraging ourselves to live a more moderate lifestyle. So, all right. So we've got three different ways that we do, that we tend to, um, set ourselves up for basically disaster and or never even dip in a toe, right? So we've got these voices in our head that are telling us these things, which then lead us to create this identity that's a false identity that then leads us to become perfectionists, which, you know, is really at its root, that fear of failure. Mm -hmm. So we've got all these problems. And so let's talk a little bit about what are some of the practical solutions for people that are saying, oh, yeah, you are speaking my language right now. So mm-hmm. we talked about number one is recognizing them. Awareness is the first step. Mm-hmm. It's just like any other problem, right? If we don't know we have it, then we're not going to fix it. Right. So um, recognizing and observing. And and looking at it from an observer perspective instead of being in the middle of it and thick of it see it as someone else and how how they're thinking Mm -hmm. yeah I think I think that's that's good and and allowing yourself to just kind of sit with it for a little while too Mm -hmm. because when you first when you first begin to allow yourself kind of out of your head and out of the emotional state of it sitting with it and figuring out and really pointing a finger to this is what this is. Mm -hmm. And even that in itself can be very empowering. When Mm -hmm. you finally hit the nail on the head to say, it's not, it's not that I don't have the perfect plan Mm -hmm. or that I can't stick with it. It's that I'm believing this thing about myself that some random guy that I don't even remember his name said about me when I was in the fifth grade. Like, exactly. (laughs) They're defining me. Yeah. And and I think when you realize you're in a state of judgment, whether it's yourself or with others, you can go ahead and and look at these limiting beliefs and figure out where those are coming from. So I would say judging is a huge recognition. Yeah. And, And I'm honestly... It's great we're talking about this today because this is something I'm working on for myself. Mm -hmm. Like when I'm in a state of judgment of myself, what past event in my life caused me to think this way? Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Um, And and I think to your point, and you're not new at this, right? No. So, and we're going to talk about this more another day, but... This is a never-ending journey, right? <laughs> yes, for and, sure. And as we go through life and as we grow and we become more, we become wiser and we begin to understand things more, um, it doesn't ever end, you mm-hmm. know? It's like, it, it's an ongoing forever process. Mm-hmm. And when we embrace and, and, and encourage ourselves to be in it and in, in the process that never, that doesn't have an end point, then... You know, it can be, it's so enriching mm-hmm. as you begin to understand these things about yourself. And not only that, you can help other people walk through it as well um, yes. and help them to see, hey, I just heard you say this, like you're believing this thing about yourself um, or, you know, or pointing out when they begin to feel uncomfortable, like, hey, that's okay. It's okay right. to feel uncomfortable, you know, in this, so. Well, and I think, you know, if you show show vulnerability um, to others, then they are more open to showing vulnerability 
to you. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, I mean, that develops richer relationships, mm-hmm. you know. So just Emily and I talking over this a few times at lunch and sharing our personal stories, it, it made me feel closer to you. That Absolutely. We had, you know, that, that we both resonate and we, we have our, we have our, our things. And, so. and that's, that kind of goes to the next point, which is, you know, I'm here to encourage and love Jane and help her to grow and, and recognize these things and talk to her in this encouraging way. And that's helpful, and it's helpful to hear from somebody else, but we also have to begin to talk to ourselves that way. And that can be incredibly more difficult. So interestingly, I think it can be easier to begin to encourage somebody else in this, which then will hopefully help us to recognize and talk to ourselves in a more kind, generous, grace-filled way that also kind of ignites that fire to say, I'm figuring this out. Mm -hmm. And it allows me to take steps in the right direction, not with a new meal plan and not with the, you know, whatever the internet says is the next big fate, big fad, but instead to get to the root of the issue, which then helps us to be ready because we talk about this a lot too. We we all think of different people that have had really great long-term success. And it's like, what sets them apart that made them so long-term successful versus other people that maybe have short-term success and then, you know, all bets are off. And it does seem to be that something clicks at some point that helps mm-hmm. people be ready. And it's not typically an external thing. Right. When you dig in and talk to these people, it's when they started doing this. They're they're understanding the deeper-rooted things that are limiting their beliefs they're talking more about their vulnerabilities. They're in, in, including other people in their circle to help mm-hmm. them to walk this walk in the long run. They're saying the things out loud, which mm-hmm. can be incredibly hard, mm-hmm. right? And really redefining their identity away from what they look like, what their weight is, what the number on the scale is, what size they wear. And in doing so, all of those things begin to change, even though it's not all about what I put in my mouth. Mm-hmm. So it's wild that this mindset and even heart set is, is right. so crazy. It all is so interconnected. Yes. And until we're there, it's always going to be a diet. I know. I don't know <laughs> about you, but how many, I mean, how many things I've purchased so many exercise plans and um, meal plans and classes and things like that. And, and there's times when I haven't even opened it after purchasing it, Sure, you know, absolutely. Definitely. It's all about the mindset and, and giving yourself, you know, the grace and the ability that, yeah, I can make a change. Mm -hmm. And, and I, and, and and what, what can I do? Like, as I'm learning these things about myself, you know, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and, and, figuring this out and what is the core of what's going on here, um, we just begin to also figure out what's going to work for us Mm -hmm. and know ourselves enough to know, hey, this isn't actually going to work. So this is not exactly what we're talking about, but about exercise. I actually had a conversation with a friend last week and she's like, hey, um, I've been looking at this manual elliptical. And she's like, do you think that'd be really good for me to, is that a good way to exercise? And I said, well, do you think you're going to do it consistently? And she was like, huh, I never thought about that. And I'm like, well, 
the thing that's going to work is the thing you're right. going to do consistently, you right. know? And so if it's going to become another clothes hanger, then probably not. If you love it and it's fun for you and you can listen to podcasts or whatever your thing is and it makes you happy, then then all, by all means, that's that's your piece of equipment. If you think it's terrible and you hate every moment, then no. So yeah. probably go try one out first and see what you think. <laughs> yeah. So um, a couple other things I just want to point out, um, you know, in our family and our one of the reasons that we all that we do what we do here is that, you know, all of this stuff actually does point to our identity. And when you are a believer and a follower of Jesus, and that is in Christ and a lot of women in particular try to tell themselves that my my identity with the way I think and feel about myself in my exercise and nutrition and eating and my body image and everything is separate from the rest of my life. And God doesn't really care about these little intricacies because it doesn't really matter. And I think that's some, a lie that we tell ourselves in order to not have to apply all the same biblical principles to that area of our life, which absolutely makes all the difference. And so when our identity is in him, it doesn't, all these things that we put such, we elevate so high that end up distracting us from the things that really matter, just do, they do just that. They distract us from what actually matters, which further hinders our progress because our priorities around it are in the wrong place. And so when we begin to think about taking care of our bodies as another way to glorify him and not it being a works based, you have to do this, you know, perfectionist fear, all these things, these voices that aren't his talking to us and become really fixated. And not, we're not going to be perfect because I'm far from it. And, and you're never going to arrive in that area either, because on this side of heaven, we're all sinners and we're all going to, we're all going to struggle. But to begin to look at yourself as the whole self in a different way and how he defines us and his word as we're perfectly and wonderfully made and knit together in our mother's womb and he created us for a purpose. Let's not allow these stumbling blocks that we've talked about today prevent us from reaching that purpose and think that they don't matter because they do. So that's my two minute sermon. Amen, sister. <laughs> I love it. So, and I mean, I guess for me, like that's the biggest thing. That's how I feel that I was rescued out of this place. And, I, and it allows me to have these conversations, right. And to be able to help a lot more people, even though I've never been, and I've never been in a lot of their specific situations. I think we all sit at some point in our life in that place of struggle and at the root of it it's all very similar it just presents itself externally in different ways and so we just kind of want to end with that you are not what you eat you know yes. you are you are a you are a daughter of the one true king and you are in him, when we are in him and we are following him and we're seeking him he will he will get into all those dirty ugly places and help us so I guess we'll just end with that. That's great. <laughs> so if you guys enjoyed this, I hope that you'll join us again. We plan to do a couple more sessions here. If you have any questions specific to nutrition, health, 
you know, getting weight loss, all of the things that tend to occupy way more, way more of our time and energy than we want to, um, please do either send us a little note, let us know uh, what you want us to talk about. Um, Jane and I love to have conversations. It's really yes. fun. And so thank you so much for joining us and thank bringing your you. wisdom. So we will catch up with you guys next time. Thank you. It's Emily here, and today I want to invite you to make sure to check out Robinhood Integrative Health. If you are a resident of the Winston-Salem, North Carolina area, and you're looking for a doctor who treats you differently, looks deeper into the issues that you're having, and seeks to hear you as a person and really help to get you better, then I can't recommend Robinhood Integrative Health, where Dr. Wiggy practices enough. Make sure that you go to their website and see how you can benefit from their services today. And did you know that they even take some insurances, which basically never happens in integrative medicine. So make sure to check them out and enjoy the episode. I'm so excited for today's episode with my friend, Jane Daniel. If you are interested in learning more about the Key Talks method and how you can participate in our next session, use the link in the show notes to join our waitlist today.